Welcome back to the original box set Shadowrun podcast. In the last episode, we left the group trapped in a tunnel with a biker gang throwing Molotov cocktails. Perfect time for a cliffhanger, right? There's one more character to introduce, and it's time for you to meet him. Alan Parsons isn't your typical runner. He wouldn't even call himself one. He's a detective, a private eye, an investigator for hire, and he's about to take on one of his toughest cases yet. Our GM is Max. Sunny Day is played by Cassie, and Alan Parsons is played by Robin. We hope you enjoy listening. Hi, Robin. How you been? I've been okay. Good, good. Today's game session is going to be about Alan getting a job, doing some legwork for Sunny. So we're going to kind of do some catching up. It is past the new year. Uh, the game from last weekend was at the second weekend of January of 2079. You're going to be actually during the first week, so everything we do here today is going to be prior to that game session. So you're in the past. You'll be catching up to them. Right now, they're in a really heated situation where they're inside a tunnel, and there's some guys on bikes and Molotov cocktails, and I'm not, I, I want to explore more of the, the side stories that are going on. And I don't want to drop you into the middle of a gunfight, because one, eh, it just doesn't work out for continuity, and two, your character's a detective, not a gunslinger, not a spell slinger. Well, I mean, you can sling spells and you can shoot guns, but your forte is... Investigation. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we have a few months of catching up to do as far as your character goes, and a couple of small things that we have to do, uh, you know, like uh, bookkeeping-wise. And let me find, real quick, my important notebook. Ta-da! Ah, yes. Last we left, you had found the prostitute, Ma. Mm -hmm. Ma's, was it her name Ma or her mom's yes, name? Yes, her Ma. name was Ma. Yes, you had found the prostitute inside the Benraku place, and in an attempt to free her, she died. Mm -hmm. She died because they had installed a cortex bomb into her head, and as you dragged her outside the building, the cortex bomb detonated, and sadness came after that. Mm -hmm. That was probably around October time when that happened, so November, December, January. We're going to say that, so we're just going to say two months to keep it easy. Every month that passes by in game time, downtime, uptime, whatever it happens to be, you have to expend equal to your lifestyle in cash to keep your lifestyle up and running. What is uh, Alan's lifestyle rating at? Uh, low. Low? Yep, low. Low, do do low, do. I'm trying to find where I wrote all of Alan's stuff at. Ah, here we go. You have a level 2 identity with a license for magic, guns. It's all listed under Alan Parsons. You have a detective license as well. A credit linked to it. And a low lifestyle. Which is great. Do you know how much a low lifestyle costs? Uh, I believe it is 2000 per month. I believe you are correct, too. So you have two months of two grand a drop. I need to find something real quick about lifestyles. Yep, 2000 And what have you been doing to keep yourself busy over the last two months? Uh, probably got in touch. I would have got tried to get in touch with Zoe. To try and upgrade my licenses. Have you personally contacted Sarah and talked to her I, about this? Yes. She said upgrading it to four would be 5000 And so, so did she take some time and do some dice rolling for you? No, she did not. Ah, so. We did 
So the last two months, you've been still running off your level two license. You haven't moved up to a level four because your contact, really, who has the fake ID skills, hasn't got around to doing it. But you haven't coughed up the five grand either, have you? Nope. Haven't paid her. Haven't got the merchandise. Makes sense to me. Yeah. What else have you been doing with those two months of time? Uh, Probably helped out uh, my girlfriend in the police department. Oh, do I still have her name written down? I do. What was it? Anne Valentine. Oh, yeah, Miss Valentine. The changeling. Yes, the changeling, the girl who has a troll horn growing off the back of her head. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, so you've spent some time with Anne and uh, her little dog. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, you've taken that dog out for several walks. Yep. Specialized walks. Yes. Also known as casing the joint. Yes. That's good. And, That's uh, good. I probably also returned Nature Ma's body, got back to her mother. Oh, that's right. Now, my question here is I have some skewed notes. When you got the job, were you getting it through the, the police department or were you getting it through a F- Johnson? I got it through the police department. Okay, because my notes specifically state, and I, rem- and, you know, my mind tells me, you were going through the police department. When I remember role-playing, it was through the police department. But my notes tell me it was through Johnson. So, yes, it, it was through my original police contact, Frank. Ah, uh, okay. So that's what the edited note, there's an edited note here that says Frank, and I have no idea why. So I will, give me a second to make adjustments in my notes. Okay. He's sort of gone by the wayside now that... And has a... What is the loyalty and connections for you and Frank? Loyalty is four, connection is two. And so did I give you a connection and loyalty for Anne yet? No. Because you are in a relationship with Anne, we're going to make it a nice solid five. But her okay. connections is only going to be a one. Okay. Um, Being that Anne is a very traditional individual as far as it goes for my character notes here, she has only wanted to go out on dates... No physical contact as yet. She's, I'm playing her off as she's sweet and shy at the same time. But when it comes to her job, she likes to, you know, because her main function in Knight Errant is a desk sergeant. When she's booking people, she likes to put on the mean face, even though she's got that sweet, adorable look. Mm-hmm. The troll horn, though, kind of, you know, throws it off. Yeah, here it is. She is an exceptionally attractive changeling but has a malformation of a horn growing out the backside of her head. Due to the hardness, it has been difficult to have removed. So even though she would like to go to a salon and have that sucker cut off and then she can just cover it with her hair, that doesn't happen. For whatever reason, it's harder than the normal horn. And and most trolls don't cut their horns off because it's kind of a prestige thing. I'm a troll. There's my horns. This is the dangerous end. But she's not. She's a human with a horn growing out the back of her head. All right. Ah, the next thing, uh, because your character's a detective and because you work hand-in-hand with the local police department, the level at which the police department has changed has got a really interesting dynamic, and this is stuff we need to talk about. So Frank and Anne both work for Knight Errant. Mm-hmm. That is not the only active security corporation inside of the Seattle area, and these are things that your character would understand. So by me describing it to you, it gives you the basics of security in Seattle. So we're going to talk about the top of the tier as far as security goes. 
They are the special task force designated for Seattle. The UCAS, United Canadian American States, put a special task force in, and the special task force in, and these guys are the cream of the crop, the top of the list. Everything falls down from them when it comes to keeping people safe and dealing with security. The next one step down kind of gets fuzzy, but it goes like this. The Metroplex Guards. That's basically the military. And slightly mixed into that, you get some security corporations, and it depends on where you're at. Next step down, as far as you know, the security levels go, you run into the corporate levels, the individual uh, corporations like Knight Errant, Lone Star, and as we are debuting here tonight, the company's name is Kagami Security. Gotta work on it, but we're going to go with Kagami for right now. Anyways, Kagami is a Japanese security firm that also has security work in here at the police level. Now we take one step back down farther and we hit Corp Security. Aztecologies Corporation, Ares, Horizon, stuff like that. You hit Corp level security as far as it goes. Now, if we're looking at a compound that is purely controlled by Ares, the first line of defense for them as a company is going to be their own security. If you're on the street outside of their corporation building of sorts, they have jurisdiction over the street to watch it, to secure it, patrol it, to keep it safe. On that same street, the next step up would be whatever police department is in that area, whether it's Lone Star, Knight Errant, or Kagami. Now, that might seem confusing that there are multiple corporations running the police department, but let me explain. In Seattle, there are several burgs, nine of them to be exact, downtown Tacoma, uh, Bellevue, stuff like that. In each burg, they have their own district, which has a council. Councils have a representatives, and then they have mayors, and, blah, 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 and all these political hoo-hahs that go on. But each one of those burgs have their own security contract. They have a police force, and they, because they're part of the greater part of Seattle, they contract out to whoever makes the lowest bid. Now, for the longest time, Lone Star has had a monopoly on Seattle. But it was back in 2070 that this guy Brackenhaven became uh, governor of Seattle because it's its own little like district of the UCAS. And when he did that, he immediately slapped out Lone Star for being control of downtown. And Night Errant came in, da da, because there was this huge like drug thing called Tempo, and it killed a lot of people, and it was really not that bad, and it was you know it just seemed odd. But anyways, Night Errant's now in control of downtown. That was like. Roughly nine years ago, game-wise. The contracts for each of these burgs come up at different times. You know, they're not all the same date. So each council gets to select and vote, and then it's money questions. And then the contract companies, the like Lone Star, Knight Errant, and Kagami, have to pay money and stuff like that. So you have, in Seattle, lots of different police stations controlled by different corporations. Tacoma's police station is controlled by Kagami. It was about... Three years ago, that uh, Lone Star's contract with them came up for Tacoma, and Knight Errant put in their bid, Lone Star put in their bid, and no one had a clue that this other corporation from Japan put in a third bid. And guess which one was the lowest? Kagami. So Kagami now runs Tacoma, and the rest of Seattle, if you can imagine it, uh, 
So Seattle's kind of bean-shaped. The top of the bean, being Redmond's and Everett, are controlled by Lone Star. The bottom of the bean, which is Fort Lewis, which, by the way, their control of Fort Lewis is really political. Fort Lewis and Auburn is controlled by Lone Star. Then you have Tacoma, which is right above that, controlled by this other foreign entity called Kagaming. And then everything in the middle is Knight Errant. One step difference is the highways and airways that control most of it. The highways, I-5, Highway 405, and 90, and US-2, which are all part of Seattle, are controlled by Lone Star. So they're the highway patrol. And air patrol is controlled by Knight Errant. So for Lone Star to fly into Seattle, they have to get Knight Errant's permission. For Knight Errant to drive on the highway, they have to get Lone Star's permission. And it's been a very nice contractual war that's been going on between them as they fight over properties. All of this is really important information for your character because you have to play between the three different police corporations, three different security corporations, and all the corporations' securities. And so you have, right now, as far as it goes for character information that I see, only delved into Knight Errant, and that is Frank and Anne. So as a good game master, I would suggest you start making more friends with other police departments, and we can go from there. Uh, let me make sure I've covered everything. Police departments, highways, air stuff, making friends. Yep, check, check. We made sure to talk about some of your background. So I think we can go ahead and start, right? Okay. So the scene's going to open up uh, at a really nice apartment. Most of the furniture is decored in a dark brown to uh, tannish in colors. Uh, furniture, carpeting, stuff like that. There's bookshelves along one wall. A large glass sliding door goes out onto a balcony. Uh, the hanging curtains, light casting across a huge collection of books. And for this day and age in 2079, books are looked down upon as like, what? It's a tree. Burn it. Bury it. Do something with it. Most people don't appreciate the idea of books. Except these two individuals, they... Books tend to be, to these two individuals, a nice collection, something that they, they actively look for. And the two people I'm talking about, whose street names are Sonny and Trollface. But they don't go by that. Not to each other in private. No. Not ge generally. Not generally. Yeah. No. So, this is Trollface's apartment. Or I should say his real name is Terrence. This is Terrence's apartment. And so what you see is, the description would be like a living room. There's a couch... And it surrounds a small end table. There are several old Reader Digest and Boys Life magazines sitting on the coffee table. Uh, coasters with coffee mugs and coffee inside them. The mugs themselves being the high-tech world. They're designed to work with the coaster to keep them warm while the drinkers are off doing other things. And they're also, he's, he's, he buys all this knick-knack stuff. If the coffee cup gets low, it'll send a phone call over to the coffee maker to say, Hey, do you have enough coffee for a refill? If not... Time to remake some more coffee. Would these be the kinds of things that they, the as seen on TV, whatever the as version. As seen on TV. I, there's a name that they in call commercials. it. No, no, in in Shadowrun, those things that are sold. I can't remember. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. 
Extra karma if somebody can come up with that answer. Because <laughs> there's a name for those things. Knickknacks and doodads that make life it's stupidly lot, yeah, easy. It's the stuff that they sell in you know the stuffer shacks all the time. That's where they sell them at. Oh, fuck. Well, if we wanted to, anyway. we could do a quick search for it. Yeah. Anyways, so you know, these are the kind of frivolous things that are laying around, as well as sitting on that coffee table to comlinks. One of the comlinks begins making a chirping noise. Nerps. Yes, nerps. Nerps. Yeah. Okay. Thank you to who, somebody. Give us that answer. Yes. Who? If I could give you a karma point, you would get one. One karma for informing <laughs> me of something I should have already known. And you know what? I'll write that down right now. Nerps. Thank you. And what was the person who gave us this uh, information? So I know to give them a karma whenever they join us. I believe it's uh, well. The user is EKYN. Eakin, thank you. So the uh, phone begins making a chirping noise. It does this for a little bit of time before an incredibly attractive woman comes out from a side door, passing through the kitchen with nothing more than a towel wrapped around her. She walks over and picks up the, the phone in question. Trollface's, sorry, Terrence's phone. Oh, is it? Okay. It is. It's his phone? Yes. Is somebody calling? No, no. Some sort of notification thing is going off. You were just getting finished with your shower. Air quotes, shower. Air quotes, shower. Yes. And uh, Trollface's phone's going off. It's a notification. Does it look important? Uh, you swipe to one side yeah. and open it up. Yes, you see it's that, uh, that what? oh yeah, the Enclave app that he's got. And he always seems to be paying attention and playing with. Oh, right. Apparently he didn't lock his phone before you guys... That's not good. Yeah. What is he thinking? Completely unprofessional for him. I know. So it pops open and immediately spans into a bunch of stuff. It says, Hey, troll face, I looked into more of that arson stuff. Apparently more than two places have been hit. This is starting to becoming a running thing. Do you want to take care of this or do you want me to? And the person in question is... uh, You will give them the name... Slick Guy. I like that. Yeah, well, they don't use names that make any sense. Okay. So Slick Guy is asking if you want me to take care of it. The Enclave has already put up some money to find out who's doing all this stuff. Okay. And, uh, oh, yes, the GM has arrived. <laughs> Just had to start without her. We, we started without her. Sit. Uh, Slick Guy, since everyone will say, um... They've, they've decided to put four standard on figuring out who this is, and then one extra standard if you can catch them. Find out who it is and catch them. So it'll say dead or alive. Dead or alive. Yeah. Just, you know, these, yeah. the Enclave has gotten some of their houses burnt down. They want this person stopped. We're on house number three now. Right. Yes. So then I, I suppose that she's going to, uh, is he still preoccupied? Yeah, he's in the shower getting cleaned up. All right. Um. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah, that. Yeah, I'll handle it. All right. And slick guy comes back. Oh, come on, man. You know I'm really good for this. I've got people skills. I know people. I know this dwarf who can do stuff for me. <laughs> oh, it's him, isn't it? What? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um. Be like, no, I've got this. Alright, uh, he responds back. Damn it, man. I'm trying, I'm vying for that seat too. You gotta give me something to work with. 
this, of course, whatever seat means, you're not really too sure, but you kind of get the inference. Right. Because he has in the past mentioned, you know, you guys' relationship and that you're, he's working for a spot. And he doesn't, he said, they, we don't call him that, but that's what, you know, there's right. a spot that's open and I'm trying to get you to fill it. Okay. He's got, uh, I'm going to ignore, like, I figure that's all I'm going to say. Um, I'll probably take the combat into the bathroom, I suppose. And, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it bleeps at least a few more times with him trying to get a response back. Like, with uh, words like, damn it, troll face, I need this, and stuff like that. You know, it's a begging almost. She said, she's like, uh, Terrence, do you know a, a slick guy? What is that? A whole one. I think he's trying to take your job. What? Now, hang on. <clears throat> what? Hell no. Yeah, he says, so she, she's just going to start reading from the phone. This is what he said, and then I said that you would, ha- oh, that I would handle it, obviously. And then he, he he keeps going. I mean, he spammed you like six messages since the time I told him that you would handle it. He stopped standing there, dripping wet, naked also, as the day uh, he was born. He get, kind of like squints one eye. How did you get in my phone? You left it unlocked. I don't ever leave it unlocked. Okay, it was magic. Now you're just rubbing it in. <laughs> he he uh, finishes just drying his horns, and uh, he walks over and takes his phone from you gently. Being that he's a rather short troll, he uses he, he uses troll sized towels, which is to your benefit. It's like a whole evening gown inside. I know. I'll wrap myself up like four times. Before. And he, so he he looks at it for a minute. And goes, yeah. You think you can uh, you can take care of this? I know a guy who can take care of it. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, we already got those RFID tags. We yeah. just need somebody who can do some more legwork for us. So here's what I'd say. I'd go to the message board here. He brings up, he shows you his phone, he goes, so you go here to the message boards, you, you'll find the link that, you know, here it is right here, and he shows it that the Enclave's message about the how much they're offering. And it is. It's four standard for finding out who's doing this, and an extra standard if he can be caught uh-huh. live or dead. And he's like, so you'd hit, you know, and he shows you how to function this app to pick the thing out. And then, so what you would say is, you, I can say, I got somebody. And then my finder's fee would be 100 yen. And then the rest goes to you. And then the rest goes to whoever. And so that's how you can work the money from there. Oh. So that's that's how that money works. And, uh, well, how did I put your name in for? Huh? My or name? Your name? No, not my name. Who do you want to put in? I don't... Are you talking about... The money would go to somebody. Oh. So what I... We have to have some sort of identification. I'm just going to put in somebody. Okay, yeah, that's... So he punches it in, sister clicks it, and it's like, all right, so you're on this. And so it's already got your number. Do you want... So you get to pick. Do you want to call the, the Johnson in question? Or do you want... To Johnson to call you, so you do that. So he basically spends a couple of minutes walking through how this program on his phone works, so that a Johnson can contact you. You okay. can contact a Johnson. I'm assuming you would call them. Yeah, I would. Call and them. so you would get out one of your burner phones, make a quick phone call to this guy. He explains to you, and his voice is modulated. It's it's. You know, I can't do modulated. So he tells you what's going on. He says, "Please look into this." You've been set up with that, whoever, you know. And so you're now responsible for getting this job done. They, he gives you a set time of one month 
to find out some information. Any information. Okay. The more information you find out, the more he's going to pay out toward the total. Okay. Well, that sounds easy enough. And uh, so we'll just kind of, and, you know. And with these, um, with the Enclave, how this works out is there's re- is there there's no room for really negotiating the terms as far as how much oh, no, no. they're actually offering or what? No. So the Enclave, basically, you're talking to another individual. And this is their start off, how much money they're willing to offer. Okay. And now that you're the, you're basically the fixer mm-hmm. contacting the individual, the Johnson, now it's time you would negotiate for, hey, I need more. This might be involved wet work. We're talking about arson here. You know, right. this is where you would negotiate for more money so that you have more playroom with whoever you hire. Okay. Then that is what I would like to do. Because I, because I got to see the first two places that were torched and it's some pretty serious work and looks like they do a lot to make sure that they keep themselves uh, in the shadows. So I think that I would like to um, negotiate for prob- for at least an extra standard, an extra two standard if I have to hire a full team. Okay. So you're making a charisma plus negotiations. Mm-hmm. That plus you're able to sweeten the deal for your people down the line. Yeah. And make a better overhead yourself. Yes. And being an elf makes this a rather easy job for you. You got... Alright, so the question I ask you, because this is game mechanics-wise, do you you talk to this person over the phone, or do you ask for face-to-face meet? You realize the difference, right? Yes, I do. So I th- the face-to-face would be better because then I could add in my first impressions. Okay. Um, and then also I could, if things were being a little iffy, I could do some influence as well. Okay. Uh, then the Johnson will set up for face-to-face meet with you mm-hmm. and will allow you to get those extra two dice. Which was beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, how many did we end up with? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got three. That's five extra successes. So this Johnson will be more than happy of t- chucking in an extra standard to the normal pay and an extra half standard if the person is brought in dead or alive. But a full extra standard if brought in alive. Okay. So you're looking at six? Yeah. Standard brought in alive. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And you already know right off the top of your head a couple of people who can bring somebody down a lot. Yes. That's good. Uh, So you guys probably meet in one of the rainy, windswept alleyways of uh, downtown outside of some cheesy little restaurant. Yeah, I imagine it's very um, stereotypical Johnson meat. Oh, yeah? But for her, it's not stereotypical because this is like her first real, this may, maybe her third real Johnson meet ever. And so she's very confused by the whole experience. It's like, there's guys wearing coat. like trench coat. He's he, got like this thing mesh over his face, face to like yeah, cut, you know, hide his features a little bit. I'm like, Fedora hey, going. Okay. Did, did you let Terrence follow you at a distance so that you at least have, you know? Probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he probably would do that even if I told him not to. So. There's that. All right. Well, we'll we'll add to the dichotomy of you know, your relationship <laughs> that you told him no, but of course you found him. The guy, the Johnson that you meet up with, was probably about ninety pounds, soaking wet in the rain. He's Tiny a, little old he's dude a too. Guy. But uh, thick horn rimmed glasses with the, one of those soft 
mesh screens over his face gotcha. and a voice modulator. Okay. So he could have been a slightly short elf or just a skinny human. Magically, though, when you know he walked away, he literally disappeared into the back alleyway. Nice. So he, he was definitely a good professional there. Okay. So now you've secured a job and the potentials, the potentials to make uh, some cashola. So is it six standard and then an extra one? Four, or was plus, it... four plus two. Oh. For alive. Four plus one and a half for dead. Okay. All right. So I'm going to look at my contacts, and I figure I've gotten, like, Zoe is busy going back and forth with her boyfriend and this whole extended family that she's got now. So well, you could still call her. I, I mean... could still call her, but... I already tried calling her to start tracking the RFID tags that we found, and she got nothing. And yeah, she hasn't. Well, why don't back you do her a favor and just at least give a quick job? I mean, computer stuff is so fast these days. Okay, all right, I'll 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 call. All right, so oh, I'm sorry, answer machine again. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Her cat, that answer machine. This girl's slightly unreliable. I know, but she's really good when she does. It'll work, so then I'm going to go to my next person who probably, sh- you know, now she's thinking, oh, I should have just called Alan in the first place because at least Alan picks up the phone when I call. Okay. Anyways, so, um, yes, Sunny will call out to Alan. All right, so, Robin, I have a few questions to ask you. Your fake ID is Alan Parsons. Yes. And do you have any other IDs? I think after this, he's going to pick up his burner phone and start going on runs. My name, I doing a run name too. All right, so let's start off with. Uh, you've had two months. You can pick up a burner phone. Do you want to do that real quick? Yeah, yeah. Let's check out see how much quick comlink is going to cost you. Yes, and also, I was looking up, and I mentioned before I wanted to uh, increase my magic rating. So I'll have had. Will I have had time? Yeah, two okay. months. I do. What's your current? We'll look at that too in it's a second. Three. It, it, I looked it up. It it would be four weeks. Then yes, two months is more than enough time to increase your magic from a three to a four. Yep. Ooh, getting stronger in the magic. Alrighty then. Uh, da, da, da. I, I can't find phones. Ah, found them. Okay, so the cheapest a MetaLink costs a hundred. Yep. And... Will you link this MetaLink with any sin? Um, probably not. All right, then you're going to run into a problem. Let's talk about this for a minute. Okay. For a phone to work, you must be able to access. And I have looked quite extensively. If someone watching or listening might have a different point of view on this, we are more than happy to discuss it. To, for a phone to work, you have to activate it and make it attached to a grid. Your lifestyle, which is a low lifestyle, is associated to your current sin. Your sin is Alan Parsons. Mm-hmm. All right. That's not your true identity. That's the fake sin that you're using because you're actually a sinner. Yes, I got one. I got a, I got a real sin. You have a real sin, but that's not the one you use. Yes. All right, so Alan Parsons is the sin that you use. It's attached to your lifestyle, and it's attached to your phone. Those three things are important. That phone has access to the public grid as well as the local grid because of your low lifestyle. To get a burner phone, you have to get a lifestyle and a... ID to go along with it so it activates. So we can do some quick cash. This won't take too long. A squatter lifestyle will give you access to public grid. Public grid is not fancy. 
It's yep. public. That's 500 yen. The okay. phone itself is going to cost you another 100 yen just to get. Okay. The availability is a two. That's not a really big role. The last thing you're going to need to get is a ID to go along with it. So when that phone rings, you can go ahead and get a hold of it. A fake SIN with a level one rating to it is going mm. to cost you 2500 So in all, 3100 to get a quick a burner phone that has an ID and has access to the internet can make phone calls and receive stuff. And it has no link to who Alan Parsons is. Follow me? Yep. Since Alan's the uh, persona he likes, I think he'd consider it worth Yeah. So, worth the... and the last thing you're going to need to do is a charisma plus negotiations to okay. get this fake ID through some third-party group that you don't know. Like, well, we can say Zamora might have done this. But yeah. you, you still have to make this roll. Okay. Uh, that was deep 20s. <laughs> I figured that out. <laughs> Separate. Yep. Uh, and remember, you have to set it so it does yes. what? Greater than five. Yes. I, I remember that, too. Thank you. Oh, crud. All right. Hang on one second. It's not over yet. We can make this better for us. Because it's a three. We need two more successes. You can... We should say in pregame, burn an edge. No, no, not burn an edge. Use an edge. <laughs> yeah. Let's not burn an edge for this. Yeah, not over that. That sounds uh, terrible. It will re allow you to reroll all your dice for everything except your success. Or you can yep. cough up some more cash and it gives you extra dice. And let's try... Let's add a thousand. Oh, let's See check. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think a thousand is going to be... Enough. Oh, hang on, hang on. It's a percentage. Twenty-five percent of the item's value gets an extra dice. Yeah. I, I, that's I yeah. That's a lot. Let's, let's go with the edge. Because uh, twenty-five percent of three thousand is like seven hundred and fifty for one dice. Yeah. All right. Let's so go you're gonna you're gonna use an edge and allows you to re-roll six dice with no extra successes. <laughs> All right. Let then let's go with uh, some extra cash. Yep. Extra cash. All right. We'll say, for posterity's sake, that uh, this will apply for the first roll. So we're still working with one success. Okay. So 750 gets you an extra dice. So I would suggest roll one dice repetitively until you get <laughs> enough successes. And that'll see how much cash is. 750. One. So you bought it twice. Three times. So... You had to spend one, two, three, four, five successes. Yeah. Five times seven fifty. So that's uh the three ten. The total end for the fake ID, the com, the access to the internet, the cheap ass lifestyle costs you six thousand eight hundred and fifty. That's not cheap. That's not cheap Ew. at all. Damn. If Zoe would only pick up the phone. No, the bomb. I would suggest you spreading out and getting contacts that actually can do that kind of stuff a little bit more fluently, yeah. and that it will answer their phone. But you have the money, and so now you have a burner phone. Yep. What is the name on this burner phone? Um, Wendell Ponce. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Wendell Ponce. I don't even get the reference. I'm basically saying. This is an idiot's phone. <laughs> Got it. Uh, and it's a level one. Okay. And Metalink. 
I'm so sorry to have to through all that, but that's kind of how it's supposed to work out. It's supposed to be because, you know, you want an illegal phone. You can't walk in the radio shack and be like, I need an illegal phone and an illegal send. Yes. All right. So we're going to say at some point recently you sent a message to Sonny saying, by the way, here's my new number. And it, it'll, it'll pop up under this name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's going through her comm, trying to find her contacts. She goes to Alan, and she's like, nope, that's not how he goes by anymore. Because she's like, she's got this mental Rolodex, and she's like, nope, that's not that's not the number I'm supposed to call. Where is it? Where? Because she hasn't tried to call the new one yet. So she's like, who the f- Oh, right, that's the one! So she'll call Wendell Ponce's number and uh, see who answers. All right. Your burner phone goes off. Oh, off it for a reason. Hello? I'm not sure if I'm supposed to call you Wendell or Alan. Let's go with hair. Moon hair. Moon hair. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's new. I'm going to write that down. I don't have any paper yes. to write this down with. Why am I saying that? How are you? <sighs> Moon hair. Been working. Yeah? Been working a few things. Excellent. Do you have time to add another job to your plate? Pretends to shuffle some paper. Oh, I believe I can manage that. What actually you're shuffling is old styrofoam containers in the receipts. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Well, no, receipts more likely. He's a neat nick, so he'd probably throw all the containers away. So, sorry, didn't, what did you say after you shuffled stuff around? <laughs> like, I believe I can fit something in. Oh, good. This is a little bit of a delicate situation, so I don't really want to talk about it a lot over the phone. Uh, do you care to meet up somewhere? If you're paying. If I'm paying, so now I have to wine and dine you as well as give you a job? I mean, come on. You're good, but... All I need is a cup of tea right now. I can do that. <laughs> you want proper tea? Proper tea and I'll split the cost. <laughs> okay. So we'll find a, I know, I'm sure I can figure out a tea house to have him meet me at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we'll make arrangements. What, what kind of part of town do you want to go to? Super ritzy or, you know, something in the dirt? Ooh. Well, if... if... <laughs> all right, so Alan's paying part of it, so you want to go all the way. I'm, I'm not actually expecting him to pay part of it. I'm just... You're just going to... Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just tea. All right, so uh, Bellevue or downtown, or do you want to step it down just a notch and go up all the way to Everett? Where do you live at? Uh, Tacoma. In a cardboard box? No, in a basement. <laughs> of a cardboard box. No, I'm kidding. We're, you live in a section of Tacoma called Milton. <laughs> David's Tea, that's the new place. David's Tea, and we'll say that that's in uh, Newcastle. I'm, that's I'm... a really long trip. Newcastle? Yeah. And Bellevue? Oh, Okay. I think it's really great that you're using these whole, like, tiny subdivisions of the areas, but you're going to have to say both. Okay, Bellevue, Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle and Bellevue mm -hmm. or something like that. Okay, so. I can do that. Okay. So you're going to David's... David's Tea. David's Tea in Newcastle in Bellevue. Yes. And who is the suggester of this? Eakin. Eakin again. Oh, yeah. wow. Another experience point for Eakin. <laughs> Sorry, that, that's another game. That's a different, different game entirely. Karma. <laughs> David's tea. All right. So are you going to 
take uh, Terrence with you? I mean, he will. He won't follow you this, this time. This is this is going to be like, do you want to come, or are you just going to say you're not going to come, and then just show up around the corner after I come out, like you did last time? Well, you were meeting with a Johnson, and I wanted to make sure that you were safe. That was a different scenario. This, you're going to go sip on some dirty water for a while with a friend that you know, and I'm okay with that. Okay. There's something that you want to add while you're there, or if you I mean. You know those little hard biscuits that have jelly on top of them? Yeah. What are those called? Biscuits. Well, I thought they had a special name. Tea biscuits? Fine, fair enough. I've had them before. They're really good, and they come in like this box with cellophane across the top of them. What? I Just pick me up some. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, apparently I have a shopping list now. Yeah, we'll go to David's Tea. Excellent. Okay. It's in a decent part of town. It has a indoor-outdoor grass-covered little porch area to sit on, so it feels like you're outside. Fake bird noises and warm, like, breeze coming across the sitting area. Uh, And if you just kind of, like, not pay attention to the fact that it's raining heavily outside, it looks very quaint. The sounds of clinking china on the inside, nice decor of uh, white curtains covering up. That's so fancy. It's a very fancy little tea house. Okay, then I will go in and order some tea. Probably some nice Darjeeling. How about that? Sounds good. Yeah, wait for my friend, Mr. Parsons. I mean, well, I'm not going to call you Moon Hair in public because that's just a little weird, so. Yes, that's a runner name. Yeah. All right. Robin, give us a physical description of Alan Parsons. Alan is a short British elf with shaggy blonde hair and sharp gray eyes. And technically, he's Scottish traveler, but he learned young to lose the accent, so he didn't get in as much trouble. And for the people who don't know what Scottish traveler means, what describe that a little bit. It, it's basically uh, Scottish gypsies. Excellent. Now, are we talking about the kind of gypsies that are in lock, stock, and two smoke and barrels gypsies? <laughs> like the Brad Pitt? Gypsy. <laughs> no. Tra- traveling wanderers, tinkers, vagabonds. So a more traditional yes. gypsy. Yes. Got it. Yes. Okay, and um, is there anything else that you want to say about Mr. Parsons as far as his description, mannerisms? He tends to be very precise and also very neat to side effect of living in an RV for fair amount of his young life and he also has major father issues since while his mother is a traveler his father is a mid-level corp drone his father had partial custody of him after age nine and he's never really come to terms with that did you but your character did for a period of time live in corp life Yes. And was part of that whole wage slave mentality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that's an important part of the st- side story for your character that I've worked yes. on. I need to make sure that all that I worked on was not for naught. Yes. And he also went to uh, MITT. Yes. As a, um, that's where he got all his magical knowledge. Very good. Very, very good. Alan, you are able to show up uh, right upon time, so there's no issue about being late. You walk in, you can see Sonny already has taken a table and has uh, 
dressings on the table for both of you. And I'm, he's in his nice suit. Ooh, fancy. Mr. Parsons, glad you could join me. Sonny, always a pleasure. Have a seat. He nods and pulls out his chair and seats himself. Okay. Are you going to pull out a little device? Yes, because I did borrow that. Yeah, I'm assuming you would. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll have my, uh, what did he call it? White noise. White noise generator? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I'm um, just going to set out a little device. She's going to turn it on, and she's going to start talking. And then it picks up your voice, and you hit a button. Yep. And then I hit a, and I was going to say a couple words, and then she's like, go ahead and state your name. Oh, depends on what this job is. So. Perfect. <laughs> so. Click, and that's it. It's just a box with a button on it and some little flashy lights. And what looks like to be a knob sticking out of the top of it. She plays with that for a minute, and you don't hear anything. But then again, you also don't hear the rest of the, uh, some parts of the outside of the tea house area that's moving around and whatnot. Seems almost that this is dampened down a lot. It's gotten really quiet around the table. I'm going to drop into a, a, a sensing and see if that, if it's changed anything. Uh, with a quick sensing, no need for a dice roll. How many successes can you buy real quick? Okay, uh... I can buy one. Fair enough. That's more than enough to peek around and see what magically is active around here. This device, not magically active. Sunny, magically active. People in the, around the restaurant, nobody. Just normal background. The background counts probably like one. And there's Sunny. She's magically active. And then everybody else is normal. Yeah. Great. Fair enough. And you could have, with a, there's a perception check to notice somebody kind of sensing. But, yeah. She's uh, she's still kind of figuring out that that's something that she can do, so yeah. I, I doubt that she's even if she's like something's happening. She's like, oh, you're doing something. Oh, it's probably just magic stuff. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> she keeps forgetting that she has magical powers. It's too. probably just magic yeah. stuff. Who cares? Uh, I'll think okay. about it. Um. So, how's business? Been better, been worse. Is what it is. I have a friend who has had a horrible, horrible chain of arsons befalling their properties. And we need to figure out who's doing it, and, if possible, catch them alive. After thinking about who could start this process, I'm pretty sure that you're going to be the best person for the job. What property? So she's going to um, pull out uh, her comm, and she's going to send over the information on three different properties, uh, one of them was an apartment that was in a uh, a low end residential part of some Tacoma. of Tacoma. Um, another one is a yeah, there was a small house in Auburn and a condo in Everett, and those are um, they were all hit in what looks to be the same manner. Uh, they, from what we've determined is that they have been rigged to explode using over-pressurized what are they, what propane. propane tanks that uh, that you can buy from Stuffer Shacks. And we've found a couple of the RFID tags off of two of them, right? Yeah, you guys went to the apartment and the small house, but you never went and investigated yeah, the condo. Because the condo happened without us being around yeah. for it. So, uh, so I have two of the RFID tags that I have not been able to start tracing yet, as far as who, you know, where, which stuff or track these came from, and 
who might have purchased them. So I figure that's a good starting point, perhaps. Who owns these properties? They are actually communally owned. Uh, they are timeshares for an exclusive group of friends. Got names? Or aliases, for that matter? <laughs> Do I have names for these people? Yeah, yeah, okay. we can have names for them. Yes, I need some names to give Mr. Parsons. How many names do you want to give Mr. Parsons? Probably a couple. I mean, you know, I don't know. This is all depends on what you want to give as information. How about we say three names on each? Okay. Are you ready to write down? Okay. So we're going to do three names to each Each property. property. So So that's a total of nine names. Yes. Okay. You ready? Yep. Dion Young. Okay. Dolores Chase. Deborah Jennings. All those three are linked to the apartment fire. The next three are linked to the small house fire. Didn't somebody die in the house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. First name for the small house is Mary O'Leary. I like how the random name generators only generating random women names for this one. I'm not a problem with that. But it's... Uh, you know what? It, it's not random anymore. <laughs> Carl Simpkins, Michelle Lopez. Didn't you change the, uh, yeah. There we are. Now we're moving on to the condo. We can use the maiden name, Rejo Muka. Uh, Rejo Usukan. (laughs) But we'll just say Rejo Muka. At least it did a male this time. That would be random. And we'll do, uh, we won't do that one. Renata. Bobrova. Bobrova. Was that two? That, that was, was two. two, yeah. All right, now we will do Hobbit name. Adaldindra? Adaldidra. Adaldridra Banks. <laughs> All right, we've got names related to the... So, uh, somebody will give you the names. She's like, none of these are going to be real, more than likely. But it's a start. Maybe you can find some connections somewhere. Whatever questions she wants to ask, yeah. I can, we can kind of answer. That's her job, being a detective. Yes. Does the same corp own these places? No, it's, no, it's not a corp. It's uh, more of an exclusive club of a community of people who... Share these properties. Share these properties, yes. Okay. Do you know how these people are connected other than by sharing these properties? I can't really tell you too much, mostly because I don't really know a whole lot. But I do know that they all kind of work in the same field of business, if you get my drift. Indeed. Very similar to what we're doing right now, and what we've done in the past, just on a much larger scale. Yes. Do you know which security officers were in charge of investigating? I don't. There was one. There were, we did talk you were, to somebody at the the small house burned. Yeah, that you were talking house. to a paramedic. A paramedic. Yeah. Okay. Because it was about the person who got pulled out. Yeah. Do you remember anything about that? Not me it was, personally. It was no. an older gentleman who has was disabled. It was an older older disabled guy was in the house when it burned up. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know which uh, any officers in particular. I spoke to a paramedic at the small house. There was a old cripple that was in there the time that it burned down, so I was speaking to them about it, trying to figure out if they identified the body, but they couldn't because 
it was burned beyond recognition. But they might be able to tell you who is investigating it, perhaps? So to start, this goes back to our previous conversation. Tacoma is under the control of Kagami. Auburn is under the control of Knight Errant. And Everett is released by Lone Star. So this one investigation, if they're linked, are controlled by three different corporations. Joy of joys. You better beef up your charisma skill. Not a dub stat. Hey, I got a four in it. Okay. And I've got a sharp suit, which helps. Uh, now, this sharp suit, does it give you any increase to your yeah. social limits? It gives me one increase to my social limits and two dice to charisma rolls. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. Sonny's power suit does stuff like that. We just haven't put the stats in the game yet. Yeah, exactly. So so that's her first thought is to maybe get in touch with the paramedics that were on scene. Yeah. Um, she probably remembers one name. Uh, most paramedics are Doc Wagon. Yeah, Doc so Wagon. Doc somewhere. Wagon is where you're yeah. going to want to go. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I was going to ask were there any fatalities at the other fires? There wasn't at the first one in the apartment. Remember the two homeless people that were there? They were, they were still alive. They oh, were, right, right. They were hanging out. out, like, playing in the dumpster fire oh, yeah, inside right. of the building. Yeah. And then the other one, I don't think there was anything. But we yeah, you've never gotten information on that yeah. one. I don't know about the third one, but I know the apartment fire didn't have any anybody in there. There's a couple vagrants that were alive when we found it, but other than that, I think it was just one... That's right. You had to bribe the little girl who had witnessed it mm-hmm. uh, with chocolate so that she yes. could spill the beans, you know. And that's how we found out it was one guy with a... She said So she, it was a dark leather jacket mm-hmm. with a cyber arm. Yes. And... Motorcycle a helmet. motorcycle helmet. And something else that I can't remember. It was a man wearing a dark leather jacket, had a metal hand that looked funny... And he was wearing a motorcycle helmet, and he made noise when he walked. Okay. I'm not sure if this is the person. However, one of the witnesses there said that there was this man leaving the scene. He said that they had a very strange-looking metallic arm. Left arm, right? Left arm was metallic. Yeah, strange-looking metallic left arm. And was wearing a motorcycle helmet and a dark leather jacket. And made a lot of noise when they walked. So maybe they are abnormally heavy. Maybe they're just wearing loud boots. I don't know. This was also coming from an eight-year-old She's not going to tell her that. We are not, but that's just... Right. She's not going to tell her that. It's going to be a reliable witness. <laughs> <laughs> an eight-year-old you bribed with chocolate. Yes, it's is fine. a reliable witness. Yeah. <laughs> if it's reliable to me. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh... Is there anything else that I can, that Sunny would think of to tell her right off the bat? You uh, d- just to clarify, the, I told you about the eyewitness, the description of the eyewitness. You knew about the two homeless people, the burnt body, small house condo. Every detail I've given you so far, you've given to her yeah. plus this information. So there is no extra. Okay, good. Just making sure. Yeah. So I guess you might want to know how much I can pay you. That would be good. Yes. I mean, other than a cup of tea, I can do a cup of tea, but um. I've got a bit of a budget on this one, so if you can get started on putting this stuff together, I can do a half standard right now as your... Expenses? Yeah, for your expenses. If something else happens, obviously you can let me know. 
depending on what you find out and how we have to proceed once you have more information on this guy, then we can go from there as far as what the total cost is going to be for you and for whoever we need to bring on to help. Our standard is reasonable for expenses. Okay. I will be expecting more once we finish this yeah. business. Well, as, yeah, as soon as you can find out who this guy is and where he's at, then we're going to put ourselves a team together and make sure that they are caught alive. <laughs> well, at least Mr. Firebug is no longer yeah. Do you need in our hair. Do you need it in cash? Let's go half and half. Okay. So she's going to take out cash, new okay. and hand some over, and then pass the rest on to your cred stick. Now, the cred stick in question is going to be linked to your Alan Parsons, not yes. to your Windle Pants. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Because you never purchased a cred stick for Windle, even though no. he's got a lifestyle and stuff like that. So. Yep. So All right, so you have 750 new yen in hand, mm-hmm. and 750 new yen in your account. Good deal. Mm-hmm. Any other things you guys want to talk about? I don't think so. Okay. So it's time for Alan Parsons to get to work. Yeah, Alan! Thanks for listening to the original Box Set Shadowrun podcast. Our runners will pick right up where we left off next week. In the meantime, you can connect with us via Facebook or YouTube to check out actual play videos of the original box set playing Shadowrun and other tabletop RPGs. Today's featured music is titled Epic Song from Alpha Brutal, and trust me, the whole song is pretty epic, so check it out. A big thank you to Joe from Relative Dimension for hosting our podcast. We'll catch you next week, chummers! And now for all this legal dreck. Original box set is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 4.0 International License. You can share us, but please give us credit. The Tops Company, Inc. has sole ownership over the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to Original Box Set, that's us, to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Original Box Set in any official capacity whatsoever. Oh my goodness, that's so much. Okay, bye.